0: ladies and gentlemen welcome once again to the student of the game i am kyle the student of the game and listen if you're here chances are you like talking sport and we're glad you chose to do it with us here tonight on the pod listen great times all the way around of course you're seeing this on the huddle up youtube channel on the sotg twitch channel uh on the uh a7BN Sports Facebook page on the Student of the Game Facebook page on Twitter, the SOTG as you see there in my name screen if you're looking at the video or you're listening to this on the podcasts with uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you may bloody well like to demand. It's on it. Anyway, so listen, glad to have everybody aboard here tonight. And listen, play playoffs, playoffs, <laughs> super wild card weekend. I don't know what makes it super, uh, other than the artificial uh, addition of, of, of a seventh playoff spot and and you know, a, a Monday night football game. Like, I mean, I don't mean to be get off my lawn guy, but not Monday night football game, really. I mean, honestly, the only thing I could say about Monday night football game is because I went to Disney with my family that day for about 15 hours. I felt about as sore as Tom Brady did afterwards. Oh! That's right, I made an old people joke. Anyways, (laughs) let's start with this first of all. And we're gonna have uh, Travis Holmes on the show later to talk about uh, the the Chargers uh, coming to Jacksonville to battle the Jaguars and that whole situation. Gonna recap that for you really quickly. Then of course, Daniel Orsino is in the building from the Moving the Change podcast. She's going to tell us about the Giants and all that situation and, and the Vikings and all that and how that went and, and all of the above. And Mark Mancini, of course, the madman will be here. The madman cometh. He'll be here for his segment shortly as well. But let me start with this. You know, I made the old people joke earlier about Brady. And, and, and to be honest, like, I don't. <laughs> My brain says, dude's going to retire. My heart says, he's not smart enough to do that. And I don't mean that in the sense of that Tom Brady is dumb. He obviously isn't. But somebody like that who loves playing as much as he does, who's given up what he has. I know that running joke is, he gave up his family to play football. Um, which, I mean, I call it. You know, people joke about it, but there's some truth to it, I'm sure. He had to jump through a lot of hoops. He had to do a lot of things to see to it he can see his kids, um, and despite whatever family ills he has and all that. And, you know, I- I'm glad, relatively speaking, there hasn't been a lot of talk about that um, other than the fact that it happened. You know, I- I'm glad we're not sifting through details or, you know, there's not too many TMZ sports silliness about that, you know, thank goodness. But at the end of the day, you know, kind of where I sit in that particular situation, it's it, it, that playoff game was the one playoff game that wasn't close this weekend. But Kyle, the Seahawks were blasted by the 49ers. Okay, yeah, sure, eventually. But at one point in the game, too, the Seahawks were leading, 17-16. And then Brock got real party with his leading of the offense. Now, granted, you could say what you will about that being a pencil whipping. As I've seen our friend here on the show, Rob Stats Guerrero, say that it's less about putting stock in Brock Purdy, um, but more about um, you know what's going on with Kyle Shanahan and 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 how that's working out good. You know, um, with with the vast array of weapons at at the disposal of that offense, but. Here's what I know, and we touched on this weeks ago here on the Student of the Game pod. I, I mentioned the thing about a losing team hosting a playoff game, which did eventuate. And then, you know, uh, my friends on the Huddle Up podcast, uh, a Big Jim niece, bing, uh, did his part, replicated on his five discussions, bing, and then Ernest Christian himself voiced the same thing surrounding, I don't know, what it was like, whether it was the unfiltered podcast, bing, or or one of his others earnestly speaking podcast, bing. I, I don't know his branding. Work on your branding. I don't know the difference. It's just you and a butt ton of podcasts, man. Okay, <laughs> but joking aside, then he too echoed in about the losing and the divisions and all that. The perfect compromise is obviously that a losing team doesn't host a playoff game. But what should have happened is even though Tampa's the fourth seed. They got paired with Dallas. Dallas hosts the game, period, end of story. But then that topic was brought up again by another friend of mine, the Real Deal uh, podcast, Damian Adams, who was here uh, back in August, I believe, to preview the Saints for the NFC South. And I would mock him a little bit here about, you know, picking the Saints as a Super Bowl contender back then, but <clears throat> nobody knew that many issues, issues and injuries were going to happen in in, in, in New Orleans. That being said, what I've learned is that this is actually drawing debates in a way I never would have imagined and that people love to hate. That's why divisions exist. Football fans love to hate. Now, why do I say that? Because let's be clear, Calais Campbell is a large human being of a football player who I've met personally, one of the nicest guys I've ever encountered in covering sports. It's not close. And his voice is great, too, not for nothing. Listen to that sometime when you can. The guys who play the game relatively in a lot of ways are nicer than fans because they have less vested in it. They're just there to be entertained. But if you take divisions out of football like anybody uh who, who has truly kicked a bigger stink than I have, I'm mean, granted, like I said, I came up with the compromise that if you have a losing record, you, you no longer to host, get to host a division game. But if you're nine and eight, I don't care how many wins the Cowboys would have had in this scenario. If the if the Bucs at least had a winning record, I'm okay with them hosting the game. Divisions matter. But it, <laughs> how the shutter in people's mind of taking away divisions and being in a world where let's say the bucks fans would gain nothing extra from crushing a saints fan or a falcons fan or a carolina fan you're right none of those teams actually matter in terms of rivalries how about we go a little deeper in the afc north imagine steeler fan not getting a little extra funk on their reward from crushing the ravens the bengal's or the browns Try telling a, a, a Green Bay Packer fan that their win over the Bears, no matter means a little extra anymore. You know, that's that's. I don't care how much you own them. Allegedly, of course, we'll see how much that changes once A. Aaron uh, Charlay Rodgers uh, <laughs> leaves Green Bay. Allegedly, I don't think he's leaving. That's a joke. But this whole debate has shown me that fans really love divisions. And while the playoff scenario and situation is a little odd, divisions aren't going away. And rightly so, to quote the great Joe Cladd. And rightly so. Some part of the world needs to be controlled by the fans and what they want, period, point blank, end of story. But let me jump to this, too. For everybody that watched the Chargers, and the Jaguars. And we'll talk about the game more deeply when Travis Holmes is on later uh, around the 9-15 point. But Mike Williams missing for that game is getting firmly planted in the head of Brandon Staley, uh, the L- uh, L.A. Chargers coach. Today, a firing came out of Los Angeles for Joe Lombardi. That's right. Brandon Staley still has a job. Oh, but there's more. Whatever happened on Monday night, which again, Monday night playoff football is so dumb, but they lost. The offensive line's been awful. Sure, the the, the Bucs had Ryan Jansen back, but they have no run game. They have no protection for a quarterback that's 187 years old that's never been mobile at any point in his entire life but they fire Byron Leftwich. Keep in mind, Byron Leftwich was a hot commodity this time last year and only didn't take a job in Jacksonville because he didn't want to work with Trent Bulky. Now he's a bum who gets fired as the offensive coordinator. Listen, for all of you that were complaining about Lovey Smith's situation and all that, and to an extent rightly so, keep that same energy for Byron Leftwich, man. This is an absolute travesty that the Bucks are in that position to where they fired Byron Leftwich. And I'm not saying I want Todd Bowles fired either, frankly. But with what happened this year, uh, no, that's not the answer there. And then Brandon Staley still has a job. Listen, as coach firings go this year, too many guys who should have been out the door aren't. Looking at you, Josh McDaniels, as well in my humble opinion, at least. But anyways, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to talk about on that as we go. I'm getting angry enough. It's time for the part of the show where another madman will come. my guy, my friend, partner in crime,
1: Mark Mancini, what's up, buddy? The show that's sweeping the country, man. Everybody should understand this. You should stop what you're doing. Pull over if you're in traffic, tune this damn show on. If you're sitting there waiting for your food, stop what you're doing and acknowledge a student of the game. But first of all, my friend, Sir. two, two things that are gone in today's society, accountability and communication, <sighs> and they supersede in two cities in Tampa and Los Angeles. That's okay. Byron Leftwich will find his way to Pittsburgh. He will be the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As soon as they get rid of Canada there, he will be the guy. So. Not long, he'll be out of a job. Byron left which will turn the tricks to the trade to Kenny Pickett. And, boy, I'll tell you one thing. How Todd Bowles and Brandon Staley keep jobs is simply amazing. You throw your other fellow guys under a bus and watch it roll over them a few times and escape with your own job. I don't know how these guys do it.
0: I'll say this for Bowles. Um, you were in a place where you were the head coach in it with the new york jets where you had a quarterback who was so bad that he got punched in the face and broke his jaw and the team got better and you still took ryan fitzpatrick uh, to playoff contention before it was cool i'm gonna give him that much credit um but i listen for all that went wrong in the offseason in tampa with injuries and everything extra i mean it's hard to put it on a coach but you, you know this better than anybody, Mark. You've been watching enough sport that sometimes front offices just need a guy to fire and left, which for some reason was the choice. I, I don't get that. I mean, that's where I'm at. I, maybe it should have been Bulls if they needed somebody bad enough. I don't think so. But, yeah, the accountability really is where's the front office in bringing in depth? What about that?
1: Well, not only that, Tom Brady throws 66 pass attempts, 356 yards. Where the hell was the running game? Where was the guys catching the ball?
0: There you go. You
1: know, it, it can't fall on Brady. Uh, Dallas came in there and punched him in the face. I went four and two this weekend because I got on that wagon train along with the one in Minnesota. But, you mm. know, how people escape. The, 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 the biggest mystery is how the guy, I call him Houdini, Staley, how he escaped in Los Angeles. That <laughs> dude should have walked from Jacksonville after the debacle he caused in Denver by letting Mike Williams play in a meaningless game. But I've been telling you this for quite a while, and I know you cover them, and I've been seeing it for two years on XM Serious Radio, to be exact. And the Jacksonville Jaguars will get to a Super Bowl before we see Patrick Mahomes and company. And now this damn float is taking on water. I don't need the city of Jacksonville to jump on this float. I've been on it for a long time. You've been on it for a long time. And we're starting <laughs> to get some barn burners on here some guys with fake Jacksonville Jaguar attire and I can tell the difference between authentic and fake
0: <laughs> that you can Mark I'll give me that much credit listen I have a I have a cohort at the three-point conversion who despite all my writings and all my rantings here on the pod and all of that put the Jacksonville Jaguars 31 in his power rankings I think that's what the kids call nowadays a cold take don't you Mark? Tell him to get the
1: dead Ravens out of his mouth.
0: <laughs> There's certainly some crow to consume in that particular place, Mark. I feel that too, man. But you and- were
1: there. You were there. I was. At, at the game. I happened to pick this up because I was doing a wrestling extravaganza. And when I turned that thing back on after the event had it finished with the wrestling, it was 30 to 20 with 26 minutes left uh, or six minutes left in the game. Right. Um, and I'm saying to myself, wow, maybe Jacksonville can, you know, do something. And then all of a sudden, they come back, they score, they pull out the field goal. And I'm not realizing that they were down 27 to nothing. That's right. Unbelievable.
0: And it's funny, it was 30 to 20 at that point, Mark. But I'll tell you this: it didn't feel like the gap was that big during that particular drive at that particular point. Then Nick Bosa with the helmet penalty sets them up to go for two to make it 30 to 28 to put them in the position to win by the single point. Hey, listen, you know why I'm four and two? Freaking uh Trevor Lawrence, after setting fire to the orphanage, also rescued the children out of it. At the last minute, there to to, uh, secure the 30 to 30, uh, 31 to 30 victory. And I'm not mad at him. Never before has a team come down from minus five in the turnover uh, column there and and, and taken care of business of that. Okay, sure, I picked the game wrong, but I also witnessed history. I'm good with that.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing, and I'm sure you talk to him later after the game. This dude, man, I love this guy, man. Oh, yeah. Came out of Clemson. He throws four interceptions, forget about the negative, four touchdowns. He's definitely going to enjoy the barbecue food in Kansas City. I got the Jags to beat those guys. I don't oh, wow. care what the point spread is.
0: Okay. Well, I'll I'll give you this in reference to Trevor Lawrence. Somebody asked him how he kept his head level during the game in the post-game conference there, and his response was just very genuine and essential. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I'm out here in a playoff game. Like, what am I supposed to do, panic now? How does one
1: panic beyond – being down five turnovers. he's the sorbo man he's the sorbo man you know that (laughs) if he ain't throwing a football he's gonna get an acting job in hollywood man this dude's got it man i'm telling you
0: i I mean there's um, the, the hair is everything i get that so but let me take it back to uh to the situation you were mentioning earlier it appears that you were fooled by the fraud that is the vikings yeah
1: yeah, I love Kirk Cousins, man. I love him, but uh, you know that you know we always say this: if you don't get tested in the regular season and you run up a record of you know fifteen and two, not to be exact on that record, but mm-hmm. you will get tested in the playoffs, and we're gonna find out that the Giants came in there playing, you know, with house money. Jones has got a lot to prove. Saquon Barkley, and Brian the Ball man, he's the you know, I, I can you imagine playing for this guy? He's like Doug Peterson, man. They're great guys, man, to play with. I mean, this guy, I mean, if, if he wasn't coaching, this guy would be a bouncer at Hooters or something.
0: <laughs> I can't rule it out necessarily. The bald head works for that too. But how yeah. about the student of the game, MVP of the year, uh, Saquon Barkley, staying yeah. healthy, keeping this team relevant. I Listen, I'm not sure what they're going to do this weekend necessarily. It's going to be an interesting matchup there. I'll save that for the picks on my side. But – I got to ask you this because we're going to have Danielle Orsino on here at the yeah. 915 segment there. How did she let you slide picking against her giants like that with the Moving the Chains podcast and all that? Bro? Yeah,
1: well, I'll tell you one thing. I had to get past the Wonder Woman outfit she usually wears, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, un- unbelievable. But uh, yeah, at the last minute, I went on the Viking side of things. I was a man on my. You know, word on it. I said I went for the Vikings on that, thinking the Giants can do it, but at, at the last minute I did the Vikings. But boy, there's going to be a Saturday night's main event in Philadelphia, and I'm doing a show tomorrow in Philly. Hmm. Should be interesting. You know, you got Daniel Orsino with a big giant backer, D- Nikki Gist that was on the show last week, a big giant backer. Right. Man, oh man, this is going to be something, and it'll be interesting. I think the key is how well Jalen Hurts plays. That's going to be the key because the Giants are coming in there playing on house money and firing on all cylinders.
0: Right. And the, the Eagles be coming in after playing their worst football and trying to revive Jalen hurts. So no, I think that's a great concern and a great question overall. I know some people have, have predicted the Eagles um, with the greatest likelihood of going um, um, one and done here in the playoffs, uh, which everybody thought the bucks were going to win. I didn't, but I didn't expect what the heck we saw there, too. I didn't expect 24 to nothing. Granted, not as big as 27 to nothing, T. Yeah. Yeah, and you that's
1: going to be fun, man. She, she speaks, I love you. She loves your show, and boy, I'll tell you, man, it's going to be nice to sit back and hear that, listen to that in about 10 minutes with her on with you, man. That's going to be amazing, but I will tell you this. I think the Cowboys might pull a surprise in San Francisco. The last time they were in San Francisco in a playoff game, Thirty years ago, Troy Aikman led the charge. If it was Jimmy Garoppolo there, it'd be a different story. But I think the Cowboys got some weapons. Man, Micah Parsons could come in there and wreck some havoc if they could pull what they did in Tampa. Watch out! But San Francisco's got a defense too. But I'm leaning yeah. towards the Cowboys.
0: See, here's the thing, and 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 I can see where one would would not put stock in Brock, even though he's been playing real purdy lately. Not Brock Lesnar. Now that's right. but certainly not Brock Osweiler. Good God. Yeah. but um now, listen, here's the thing. If what Dakota Prescott has to achieve is he has to stare down evil in the face in the form of that uh, defensive front man. That is a tall ask. you know, uh, I'll put it this way. I'm not here to say this this game will not be similar to the Seattle game simply because the Cowboys are that much better a team. I'm with you on that. But at the end of the day, uh, listen, I've watched Dakota Prescott fold in front of the Jacksonville Jaguars front. Why would he do any better against the Niners? That's where I'm at. Now, granted, well, here, here's I the, the, the thing. I how, can I,
1: how can I side against it, man? You know, the first thing I thought of is the last four teams standing. Three of them are in the NFC East. And I'm saying to myself, where the hell are my Redskins? Where the hell are they, man? Let's get the NFC East playing the playoff football here and see who plays in the championship. But I think it's gonna be Dallas and Philly, uh, and that's gonna be another war in, in Philly the following week.
0: Well, I mean you got the Jags heading to the AFC championship. Let yeah. me ask you the hard question there then, buddy. The but the Bills and the Bengals, listen, man, that, that one's a pick em, uh in my mind. I, I went with the Bills uh on the huddle up podcast because I picked them uh in September to take it to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm hardly in a position to back off now. So that is the pick I'm willing to reveal because I've already made it back in September. So, you know, but who you got coming out of there too? And listen, if you say the
1: Vikings, I understand, or excuse me, the Bengals, I understand. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Joe Burrow's hell bent on getting back there. He's got some receivers in, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. and You know, Higgins is going to get some big money this off season. Right. Um, But Josh Allen, Buffalo, Bills Mafia, Diggs, Hamlin on the sidelines. I got to go with the Bills, and I think the Bills are destined to get to the Super Bowl and exercise the ghost of Jim Kelly, Thurman <laughs> Thomas, Andre Reed, Marv Levy, and all of the above.
0: Right. Hey, listen, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. It, it, we've we've seen the Bills kind of play down to their competition. It'll be interesting. The same if they can play up to a challenge. And, and yeah, I, I definitely think you got a a a, a situation there where that can go i don't want to say either way but there's there's some stuff there too um let me ask you this uh mark something i've been coming across more than i i I was really prepared for this week and, and and i think i talked about it on a on a monologue a while back there's been a lot of stuff about oh division winners shouldn't get an automatic home bed and we should not even have divisions okay like Let's pump the brakes. Let me let me let me go all student. Let me go statesman of the game on you. I have a good compromise. Are you ready? Okay, here yes. we go. The division winners host playoff games like normal, unless they're in one of the rare instances where they have a losing record. If that occurs, then the visiting team, air quotes, the non-division winner, hosts the game instead. So in the scenario to keep it the scale. Uh, if that happens under my proposal, the Cowboys hosted the Bucks this year, and the Saints back in the Beast Mode game would have hosted Seattle, right? And I think there's another one in there with with the 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 the, the Panthers and the Cardinals or something. Right? I have to look it up. What do you think of that proposal as a compromise to the whole divisional debacle?
1: Well, that that's a, that, I like that what you're presenting, but here's the thing: I think. The NFL fan got shortchanged because I think having Seattle and Miami in the playoffs this year instead of maybe Detroit and Pittsburgh, because I think they would have been... I mean, Miami put up a fight against Buffalo. Seattle just got blitzed in the second half against San Francisco. Right. But I think if, if Detroit or Green Bay went to San Francisco, it would have been a hell of a game and nobody wanted to play Detroit. But even a hot Pittsburgh team coming in there, knowing that they wanted Buffalo... You know, last year, first game of the season, um, I, I don't know, man. It would have been a whole different outcome, I think. And I don't think Buffalo or San Francisco would have been ready to play these two upstart teams. Hot teams coming in the playoffs, that's what you want. Unfortunately, we got two teams that kind of backed into the situation. And if you're in Miami, you might want to send thank you cards to everybody in New York. And if you're in Seattle, you might want to do the same thing uh, to the uh, uh, Los Angeles fans.
0: I'll say this, partner. If you're Miami, you're sending cards, thank you cards, to one man in Pittsburgh and one alone, and you probably already know where I'm going with this. I told you to start. Can't he pick it, Mike Tomlin? Why didn't you? Why? Now I got to be all like, I questioned Mike, Tyler, Mike, Mike Tomlin, and I won. But see, when I it goes, I fought the law, and the law won. Now I've even broken that song, Mark Manzini. It's a mess up in here because i tried to tell him and he wouldn't listen and now yeah. miami's in here with skylar thompson instead of tua which is a whole other catastrophe let me ask you that if if the dolphins had tua do they win that
1: game i don't think they win the game i just looked okay. at the records going in that i think buffalo just knew what was at stake i know that it was a close game i thought it was going to be a roadkill game but i think miami has to dress and i, I said this with danielle on, on today's show moving the chains podcast that Miami hasn't addressed two things. There um, is, is a coach and Don Shula and a quarterback and Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until you address those two things, then I can break out the 72 perfect season t-shirt, but <laughs> you haven't done nothing. And, and they haven't done nothing since then. Um, and it's been a long haul. I mean, Nick Saban wasn't there long enough to really get a zip code and everybody after that is, is just been, you know, trying to, you know, restore some semblance to, you know, uh, Miami Dolphin football. But I will tell you, you know, everybody comes up with excuses, with concussions and everything. Pete Carroll took every excuse and transformed the Seattle Seahawks that were projected to win five games. He got them in the playoffs. So,
0: yeah, I'll put it. Well, I'll say this. Pete Carroll's had time. He was there in the building. He was able to prepare in the offseason. He actually brought in more offensive line help this season than he had in years. And for all the people that want to throw Rusty under the bus, can we please acknowledge that Pete Carroll is not without sin here? The fact that he and I'm sorry. Here, let me show my offensive lineman credentials as to why I'm this insulted by this. Okay, I am over the fact that nobody's talking about the fact that this is the best offensive lineman Seattle has had in years, certainly since Porkchop retired and Max Unger got traded to the uh, Saints. Okay, who's Max Unger? Okay, people, stop it. He's an offensive lineman who was really good and has one of the most epic lumberjack beards of all time. We'll leave it at that. But the punchline's this: Pete Carroll. Had that offseason and was in there in the draft and, and ready to go to make all that happen. Mike McDaniel coming in as a new guy to that cluster of a situation after Brian Flores with uh Steven Ross, who's gotten accused for tampering and, and potentially bribing, attempting to bribe a coach to tank. Listen, well, look at look at what's I'm going on
1: in Jacksonville. James- yeah. Look at what's going on in Jacksonville. You know, what Doug Peterson's done there. He's kept the record intact where the Cowboys have never won in the city yet. Mm. Uh, laid a good foundation, the culture, came in there, wanted the win for the owner who's going to, you know, spend money to get big key free agents. Everybody's going to want to come to the Bark City. I mean, I, I look at Jacksonville, and I think when you look at these three cities, as far as Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa, I think Jacksonville's got the, the, the one city that's going to make the most progress going forward.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're in. They're in certainly in the friendly division for it, right? Because I think the Titans are kind of stagnant at the moment. I mean, they're still the biggest threat, in my opinion, unless uh, the Colts do something amazing in the draft, which I doubt. Um, they're going to need to get a new coach before they do any of that, because Jeff Saturday is looking more like he has a case of the Mondays, uh, and then the Texans, you know, firing Lovey Smith over and above, just just that all I did was add to more of the negative PR they already have. Let let's face that, right? So, I mean, the Jags have a favorable division. Um, they may they're gonna have a division le- leading schedule. That's a slightly tougher de- degree of difficulty, but Trevor Lawrence is developing, um needs to continue to develop. The whole Stefan Ridley situation is intriguing. Maybe they'll have him if all that goes well, and he goes back to full strength. I was actually talking to some of the staffers there. He's chomping at the bit to try to get in and and and, and you know, reestablish himself after the whole betting situation. But there's gonna there's gonna have to be some hard decisions in the off season with Jacksonville as well. But I mean, listen, we can get we can get into that more in that August September time frame there. That, that's something that'll be coming up soon enough. Of this, I have no doubt, man. So yeah, I, I'll put it this way. There is upside in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson took a place. That had a grassroots movement last year. This time to wear clown masks in the stands, and now they're in. The, they're now they're a divisional round playoff participant. Oh, uh, by the way, AFC South champs too. So, yeah. I, I mean, you know, this this is the reason why he was the student of the game, coach of the year, despite the the other excellent can, candidates, Brian Dayball, Nick Sirianni, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so,
1: and just a great guy in general, from what I've heard. He just sits there. He's a humble guy. And he'll give you an interview, you know, kind of guy. We got to get on the show, man. <laughs>
0: hey, listen, speaking of people, we got to get on the show, man. I have the virtual green room lit up with our friend Danielle Orsino and Travis Holmes here, ready to rock at this weekend here. So, listen, let me give you one last word. Yeah. And then we'll fire away. I know tomorrow you got Liberty Bell Schmack. So, there's that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just got done interviewing Ferguson Jenkins. Nice. And uh lined up next week for uh, Perry Manassian, the GM of the uh, Los Angeles Angels. So that'll be a good one. But uh XM203, Series 217, Julie Ruska, Asheville, North Carolina lady on entrepreneur and everything. She'll be on the Philly show and can't wait to do the uh, third year with the Pittsburgh Pirates and always Wednesdays with you guys. And man, I'll sit back and let Daniel Orsino and you and, the great uh, talents you keep bringing into this show that's sweeping the country on Wednesdays, my friend. I love you dearly.
0: Hey, until next time, Mark. We'll see you next, next week, partner.
1: God bless you, man. Tear it up. Go Jacksonville. <laughs>
0: All right, man. He's like inches away from doing a Duval call. I love it. But that's, not, uh, let's get into this, though. This is an event here like no other two teams that were supposed to be the most interesting well were the most interesting teams of the week moving on to the divisional round starting with <laughs> the AFC action my right hand man handling business he just got out of doing the thing with the touring the AFC South show by the way with the general Mike Patton and of course he's here with me now to talk about the history he witnessed by my side first of all special contributor of this for the student of the game and a7bn sports Travis Holmes what's going on buddy
2: What's going on with you, sir? Hey, I'm doing listen. wonderful.
0: It's, it's going good because we got a little bit bigger party here tonight. Because on top of having you in the building, the NFC is going to have some representation here tonight. After exposing and making me look smart about the Vikings, the Giants did their job. And representing them and their talent, I promised her I'd have her back if they won the game. Danielle Orsino of Moving the Chains. What's going on? How you doing, love?
3: How you doing, guys?
0: Listen, good to have you back. I, I'm glad I got the 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 prerequisite tweet or excuse me texts from you when they did what they did against the Eagles with their backups. I I understand that. I, I I called for the thunder and you brought the lightning, and that's cool. And, and listen, I, I I'm I'm used to it from Travis already. So there, there was no hard cut. I can assure you. Look, <laughs> let, let, let me get into this, and so let me do this chronologically. Um, Mm -hmm. because listen, Saturday night, I have to be honest, I'm still kind of recovering from not getting the greatest sleep, even though we had the hotel stay in Duval set up. Yeah. Just set the table.
3: What you observed there that night, my friend. Set when I was watching you guys for Saturday, Uh,
0: you would think Travis would know that I'm talking about him as the guy who was actually in the building.
2: I, I yeah. actually thought you were talking about Danielle, so that's why I was silent. So, yes. <laughs> hey, you
3: were watching this. Watch the game, Danielle. How cool was that? Uh, it was very cool. I was very excited for you guys. You know, <laughs> I did pick you. I did pick you to win, too. Just to be clear, I was on your side. I picked you guys to win. You can Check had... the archive version of Moving the Chains. I had you guys to win. Bing!
2: Oh, no, oh, I, I
0: picked the Chargers in for a good number of minutes. I was looking pretty damn smart. Until. Work.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, No, I definitely picked the Jaguars. Uh, but I'm also a homer, apparently. So, you know, that I got that going through my veins. Uh, no, it was, it was an incredible night. It really was. Um, other than the fact that it was, you know, 35 degrees and windy, that's always a problem for us Floridians. But outside of that, it was a really awesome night. Like full, you know, packed house, 70,000 plus You know, fans running around, you know, in their drunken debauchery, tailgating from a 12 o'clock and an eight o'clock game. Yeah, it was it was a day uh, with multiple concerts in the area. So, you know, the crowds are really out there, like even more than a normal game. It was just an insane atmosphere. Um, Some you know, those crazy Florida men everywhere. And it was a really fun time. And then the Chargers scored a touchdown. <laughs> and then they scored another one, and another one, and <laughs> and eventually the game was twenty seven to zero, and it was a little bit silent before halftime. But then, and, and I know we'll get into the specifics of everything that happened and you know how it happened. But the atmosphere was incredible, um, and up until you know the the, the wheels came off uh, in that first quarter, it was a really awesome experience, and you know Duval showed out.
0: Well, yeah, I mean to say the least. And I'll ask you this: as as the defensive e- uh, expert uh, among the pair of uh, uh, the pair between you and me, my guy, was it just simply breakdowns up front that were causing you know the pressure that that was put on Trevor? I mean, we don't we're, we're not going to talk about the officials and some of the craziness that yeah. was allowed to let happen on both sides, but you know that was pretty uh insane. It's uh, even Danielle's disgusted.
3: <laughs> don't get me started on the calls Stop. Yeah.
0: yeah
2: the officials in that game were they were horrendous and it's funny that bosa was complaining about the officials after the game i I'm like bro how much of a baby do you have to be and how Thank blind you. do you have to be not to acknowledge that those refs were in your pocket for three and a half quarters out of that entire game they the missed yeah they missed a few calls but they missed <laughs> I mean, you're talking double-digit calls in that game. I'm talking, and I'm a defensive guy. I mean, again, we talked about this during the game, Kyle. I'm a defensive guy, and I'm almost always going to lean toward the defensive backs, you know, not getting passing interference called. That game was insane. <laughs> that Jaguars-Chargers game was insane. They were letting those guys play. Like, this basically became, I don't know, uh, it, it, it basically became just, you know, a boxing match between those receivers and corners out there and the refs just they they kept their hands in their pockets and that's fine but then well they did the same thing on the false start penalty both so i'm sorry they're not going to call penalties they've established this all game long
0: he was held too but again to your point they established that and for those people listening on the pod i want the record to show it's not just travis preaching but like I'm watching Danielle pantomime her frustration throughout. The it's, it's it's insane. I love it. And, and this way, it's not just Homer Travis complaining. We have a neutral party in agreement here. This is the way we. Were, this is the reason why I did it this way, y'all. Just so we're clear, okay? People of differing demographics, people of differing origin, all feeling the same way that the refs were effing terrible in that game. I'm gonna leave it at that.
3: horrible, horrible. They were. First of all, from now on, I feel like the NFL has to send somebody out before the game and they have to actually like demonstrate what a PI is, <laughs> what a roughing the passer is, what a catch is. I want to see this happen before the game so I can go, oh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. I get it. I totally get it. And I want them to tell me after the play clock runs at zero, exactly how many microseconds the quarterback has to start the play before it's a delay a game because I'm very confused by this. I, I don't understand delay a game anymore. I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm done with all of it. And from now on, I think that you have to now put a pillow down for the quarterback and then put him on it. That's what we have to do because everything else will now be roughing the passer. I, I'm not sure, or you have to tell him, I'm gonna hit you now, okay? And he has to get ready. Like he has to be like, oh, I'm gonna get hit, brace. That's what hmm. we have to do for roughing the passer. Because I I don't understand roughing the passer. I think if you look at him and he and you're like, your mama, it's like roughing the passer. <laughs> roughing mm. the passer. That's that's it, roughing the passer.
2: I can get down with this clarity. This is interesting.
0: You see, for me now, now we're in my building. I'm an offensive lineman. Those calls benefit me, and I still think the state of that situation's out of hand. Danielle's right, but but let me take it back. So, but let me go back to the to the football strategy aspect of it. You know, the stuff the players can actually control. Um, and I'll say this to Bosa's point: the officials aren't going to be held accountable for it either. We all know that, so I'll I'll, I'll say that much. But. Um, but defensively for the chargers like that that first half. Was it just as simple as as scheme up front, or what was it that you saw? I know you asked uh, all right, Lua Kuhn about it,
2: right? And he stated basically that as far as uh, the Chargers defense, was, well, sorry, he spoke specific to the Jaguars defense. So let me yeah. just go. Let me let me split this up into two different c- conversations. Uh, Chargers defense came into the game doing exactly, uh, for the most part, exactly what they wanted to do. Um, they normally are, you know, a 40% cover three team and they played that cover three with different variations, depending on what's going on. Uh, the Jaguars on the other hand, had a, it seemed that throughout the week that their install basically stated, we're going to run mostly base offense two by two on each side, you know, two receivers to each side of the field, one tight end, and then one receiver, maybe to one side, something like that. Um. And that allowed the Chargers to play that old Alabama Nick Saban cover three switch. Then that's what they did. Three of the four interceptions came against that coverage. And that was a real problem for Trevor this game. That was also, interestingly enough, a real problem for Trevor against the Tennessee Titans in week 18. Wow. And that was a funny little thing that they probably picked up from their film review. Well, now that, you know, in this game... Trevor struggles with it. And, I mean, you can expect to see this for some of those teams that who generally specialize in cover three. You're going to see that throughout the rest of the playoffs, assuming there is the rest of the playoffs after this week. Fingers crossed. Uh, So I say all that to say that's what the Chargers did, cover three switch. It looked like man because of the route combinations that happened throughout the play. And at the end of the day, Doug Peterson just said, screw it. At four minutes left in the second quarter, he's just like, I, we, we we obviously can't do this, even though this was our install, and even though this is the majority of the plays you've seen throughout the first quarter and a half, we're just not going to run it anymore. So he went from almost playing nearly every play other than like third and longs was a two-by-two set. He went from doing that to doing all empty sets and trips and quads and things of that nature, kind of the same thing the Broncos did against the Chargers last week. They just flipped the game plan with four minutes left in the second quarter. And from that point on, the Chargers had to play them straight up. They couldn't play that coverage. They had to play basic cover two, basic cover four, quarter, quarter halves, cover eight, essentially. And from that point, this is a normal game for Doug Peterson. This is a normal game when you just find the holes in the zone. You just beat, you beat the other team. And from that point on, Trevor might have had two, two incompletions, nearly a perfect quarterback rating for the rest of the game.
0: So so Trevor Lawrence, who can't play in the clutch uh, with a bunch of receivers that are boo-boo, according to hmm. a particular uh, 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 Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you see, you got to be careful about some of the stuff you say in August, Danielle. That's all I'm throwing out there. Hmm. Believe me. Hmm. Uh, no, but I, I make jokes, but, like, uh, honestly, kind of what you mentioned there, and I was going to ask you about it, is basically the key to... Um, What came back, they lit Travis Ntien as a fire under his behind, and as the Chargers got tired, Ntien took care of business, took the game over, had as many yards in the game this Saturday as Derrick Henry did the previous Saturday. So, Hmm. I I mean, when it comes down to that, we'll get into the strategy and stuff that they need for the Chiefs when we get to the picks, but um, in your mind, and, and, and Danielle, I'll open this to you. The Jags are a team. We've heard the stat time and again. They were minus five in the turnover differential. I'm convinced we're not going to see that again in any of our lifetimes, especially in the situation, particularly in the situation where there's no turnovers by the defense and no special team scoring either to set further anomalies that'll help what would have been or what is the jaguars comeback right like if if jamal agnew runs one back to the hizzy and gets a quick touchdown obviously the comeback's easier right so d- d- mm-hmm. we're never gonna see that again right that's not just me i mean Danielle, i'll start with you like i don't think we'll see anything like that again
3: i don't hmm. i don't see that no i don't <laughs> i just don't i don't think it's in them now nope
2: well, Unless it's I deb- one, this one I mean, it's never happened in NFL history that a team won the game from a you know a negative five turnover differential. It's literally never happened in the history of the sport. So, I I, w- I will be comfortable with that. Uh, with that statement that it's probably never going to happen in our lifetimes. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah. with or without the special teams caveat, it's literally never happened, even with the special teams caveat. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So let me transition to this. First of all, say I know we had our disagreement on whether or not Brian Dayball was the coach of the year, Daniel, but at the end of the day, the compromise I offer is that Saquon Barkley was, was, was in fact the student of the game MVP. So there's that. Um, also the comeback player of the year as well by default, because it wasn't Gene knew no, not anymore. I'm just saying, um, but uh, do you feel like you did America a service by exposing the Vikings for the fraud that they are?
3: Yeah, <laughs> we, we all know they were not their record. We all know that Kirk Cousins is one and four in the playoffs. No, yeah, I did everybody a favor. The Giants, I'm saying thank I'm saying you're welcome on behalf of the New York Giants <laughs> to everyone. This yeah. is that part you're
0: where welcome. I need I need the sound bite from the movie Mo. What can I say except you're welcome? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <And, laughs> So, I, I mean, it, 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 I'll put it this way. Um, obviously, the Vikings defense wasn't great. But what was it that the Giants did well? Or am I it, it, am I correct in making it as simple as give the ball to Saquon?
3: No, it was Daniel Jones. It wasn't Saquon. Oh, okay. It was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was mobile in a different way. He, he had 300 yards, 75 yards rushing I mean when you look at it he literally took the team and went come on and put it on his back uh Saquon I think only had 14 touches overall and he went for 109 yards he only I mean that's not a lot of touches when you think about how the how the year started how the season started and we were all like Saquon Saquon give it to him give it to him it's it wasn't Saquon it was Daniel Jones because once Jones showed his mobility I don't think the Vikings defense knew what to do With Saquon, they knew how to stop him. Okay, we're going to crowd the box. He's going to go up the center. We know what. But when Saquon went to the edge, no, the Vikings couldn't stop him. They could open it up. But when Daniel Jones started moving, the defense didn't know how to cover. They actually, once he got the ball and he moved just even a little to the side, he went laterally. They stopped. They stuttered because they were like, crap, is this guy going to run? Is he going to pass? What's he going to do? It made them mm-hmm. They made them stop and question everything they were going to do, which opened up the lanes. And that gave Isaiah Hodgins his, his chance to run his routes. He had some beautiful slant routes and button hooks that they didn't know what to do with. And that opened it up. So I think it was more Daniel Jones than Saquon in this go-round. And it's hey, made tra- us all stop and go, okay, maybe you are a quarterback. I hey, Travis,
0: d- does that – Kind of sound familiar, that kind of game plan.
2: Oh, I was just about to say, I don't I I don't know if you remember, but (laughs) the Jaguars and the Giants played each other this year. And they basic and the Giants Dable basically just took that exact game plan from when the Giants played the Jaguars, and he never came back to it the rest of the season. He really hasn't run Daniel Jones at that. And all he did was save that playbook from that game and drop it onto this game. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I recognize this because that's exactly what happened when Daniel Jones ran for 100 yards against the Jaguars. And then Saquon, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, just rushes like for 80 yards in the quarter. It's the same game plan. Uh, And I'll give Dable credit. He has changed this offense at least four times this season uh, for this Giants team. Like, he goes through injuries, you know, with his tight end, and all of a sudden, he's just going to, I'm all all right, cool. I'm just not going to run out any tight ends. I'm just going to play with, you know, three, uh, I'm going to start with three receiver sets. And then he gets, you know, he's no longer injured. He's going back to, all right, I'll go back to my base sets, but I'm going to run it more with Daniel Jones. And then I'm just not going to do it for a little bit. And then I'm just going to go, yeah, and this is crazy when he gets Isaiah, Uh, uh what's his last name? Hodges. Uh, Hodges? Hodges, Hodges, yeah, and all of a sudden that's just that's just, just he has a new toy to play with, and it's just, it's actually been very interesting. Like I don't consider the Jaguars and the Giants very different as far as they're two teams who are absolutely outkicking the coverage, but they have great coaching and just a mm-hmm. lot of dogs, and this it's really been cool to watch.
0: And imagine imagine when both teams kind of try to kind of get the receiver position both right in their own way, right? Stephon Ridley with Jacksonville. And uh, with the Giants, Danielle, the the injuries coming back. When Wendell Robinson has another year under his belt, he's going to do some amazing things. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really stoked on him too. But let me ask you this. I mean, you being the Giants fan, this being the question, you even kind of hinted, you're even second-guessing now, do you extend Danny Dimes? yes
3: yes i'm gonna give danny dimes the extension the reason is what he can do when he has that number one wide receiver i want to see what he can do when he actually has the weapons and when we also have a shutdown cornerback we still don't i mean i'm, I'm sick that we had to get rid of bradbury but when we actually have the tools we need then we're gonna see danny dimes's progression because look at what he's done so far Let's face it our wide receiving core is not somebody that you look at and go well there's a set you know i mean we're still trying to figure that out look yeah. sterling Shepard's great and all but he's a china doll that dude is broken every five seconds there's you know there's an injury i get the acl but la- last season it was the ankle and it was i don't know it was a shoulder it was his nose i don't know but it was always something so i can- i still can't get a feel on sterling shepherd i think he's talented Hmm. but i'd like to see him play a full season before i figure him out so i want to see what happens when we have the tools i like bellinger as a tight end but i'd like to see what else is out there a little bit i think he's got chemistry with bellinger but there's always something else i wouldn't mind a joe Jaravicious type of tight end to come in okay you know to see what he could Hmm. do with um with uh danny i think that would be an interesting pair and I, I still want to see a wide receiver that looks, you know, body type more like Plexico. I know Plexico. I get it. But still, I want to see that tall, lanky jumper. No, I get basic. it. Galladay ain't doing it. You
0: picking that style of receiver isn't just a shot in the dark.
2: So can I confirm? Please, please. So, Danielle, you are comfortable with uh, – Five year, a six year extension of Danny Dimes.
3: Okay, no, no, I'm not saying five year, six year. Well,
2: well, no, it's a new. I mean, new contract, you know. So
3: yeah, That's... I, you know, I was thinking more three, but you know, I know we got.
2: <laughs>
1: it. You see, I'm
3: more like, let's lease the car before we buy it. You know, let's let's date before we put the ring on it, that kind of thing. But you know, it's hard for me to say being. We have not seen the right team around him yet, but I'm comfortable in Brian Dayball. That's the key. I'm in
0: comfortable in the coaching trust.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah, so, so I, I'm gonna have to go. You know, it'll be a long engagement.
2: I got you. You're you're in at least the own option. Okay.
3: Yeah, that's that's where I am with him. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm still looking at Archman and going, so how many years you got left? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we just can we just bridge it and then we, you know. Come on over, son.
0: See, here's the thing: Dayball will have to do pretty bad to get the pick that high, and then by the time Arch is uh, available, here's the problem: they would have fired Dayball. I don't think you want that either. Um, yeah. Maybe.
3: Well, Peyton's available, you know. So we get Peyton as the coach. Oh uh, well. We get Arch. Oh is, man. You know, they're, they're, I'm building a whole legacy in my mind here. I got things going.
2: She got the LeBar, the the the, 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 the what LeBar Ball system going on over here for the Manning's.
3: Games, I'm
0: not knocking it. It ser- it certainly beats being in the Galaday spirit. I'm glad we're past that. Goodness gracious! Uh,
3: oh, he had one good block, and he's celebrating. Jesus!
0: <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this, this Daniel. The way the game went, the the, 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 the the there was a key drop. I think it was by Shepherd. Can and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Darius Slayton. Slayton, thank you. Wrong s. Appreciate it. Um, and Coupons gets the uh, the ball back. Yes, I said that. C- Kirk, Kurt Kupens is the joke we have on the huddle up podcast. Sorry.
3: You like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But um, the, I see what you did there too, Danielle. Trust me. That wasn't lost on me, but um, he gets the chance to come back. You watching the, as a giants fan, the mm-hmm. check down, that wasn't to close the game out. I mean, did, did you openly laugh or did you still somehow feel bad? for the coupons there no
3: i did not feel bad okay. no, there, there was no sympathy at all crossing um yeah i was i was jumping up at the tv pointing at it screaming you like that and you know <laughs> i was thinking of michael Irvin because all day leading up to it i had to watch nfl game day with Irvin hitting that stupid little you like that button and i really wanted to take it and shove it down his throat so no i was jumping up and down yelling at the tv and I was completely thrilled because I thought about that little kid that gave um, Isaiah Hodgins middle finger in the end zone. And I was like, oh, this man. is why I don't like Vikings fans. And Eli was right. So, um, no, I really didn't care. I was just like, screw off. Because I remember when we played you, I think it was 1998, and they beat us really bad. Or it was 97 in the playoffs. So, no, oh, I didn't feel I bad at all.
0: That's that's Jason Seahorn days. Yeah, you're going way no. back
3: there. Seahorn's my man.
0: All right. It would figure a giant. I I, I get it. Anyways,
3: Dehorn was one of the best cornerbacks that I still, I think he's very underrated. And once again, he's Michael Irvin's nemesis. So <laughs> I enjoy it.
0: I still don't I'm get just,
3: the rivalry. I don't get it. I, but, you know. um,
0: I'm, I'm not going to get much better than that logic here too. So I I mean, when it comes down to it, it's time for me to kick the music. It's time to do. Uh, the rest of the picks. You guys will stay around and do picks with me, right?
2: Absolutely. Of course. All right. But I want to say, I watched that replay of that All-22 of that last play. Okay. <sighs> there was nobody there. I mean, you got you had maybe K.J. Osborne, maybe, and that was even ridiculously tight coverage. But there was, an, I mean, that's the only guy he might have a chance on. The play call wasn't great. I mean, Jefferson literally had three people around him. The safety shaded him, and he had someone under him and over him. It was not great.
0: So the punchline is gives the Giants defense their credit. Dooley yeah. knows Travis Holmes? See, this is this is what this is why I have great minds on the show. I finished my beer watching YouTube talk and being entertained. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, let's do some picks. Yes. Anyways, here we go. So I, I have to say this: Wild Super Wild Card Weekend, it, it, and I said this earlier, is one of the closer sets of games. We've had in the playoffs, I feel like, in some time. And and listen, that was fun. Hopefully it's equally as fun this week. I'm not going to start with the Saturday games because I want to keep both my guests hyped. Let's let's do this kind of backwards order here. For me, I think the toughest game to pick, well, let's start with this game. It's less tough to pick. The Cowboys head over to San Francisco to battle the 49ers, which is Santa Cruz instead. I don't know. Uh, Travis, let's start with you. Who you got, buddy?
2: Yeah, just had this argument offline with Mr. Matt, uh, Mike Patton over at, you know, touring the AFC South. And also, that was
0: the three point conversion, by the way. Also,
2: three point conversion. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm unfortunately, I am a believer in the Kyle Shanahan system, but I am not a believer that Brock Purdy is going to put together four consistent games in a row. And that's where my. That's where my confidence doesn't lie. Like, I'm I'm good with the system, but Sam, this happens in San Francisco for the most part every year of the Kyle Shanahan system. He gets into that, you know, divisional round, that conference round, and he's going to have that one game the way they struggle. I think this may just be it because of that D-line.
0: That's interesting. Danielle?
3: I got the 49ers by three. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it'll come down to a field goal. I think it's the 49ers. I, I just – I believe in Christian McCaffrey – and I believe that Dak has not faced a pass rush like 49ers.
0: Which is exactly why I'm very confused by both of your uh, interpretations and analyses. And granted, this is not me calling you foolish because you both have excellent football minds. But can somebody help me with why we're suddenly confident in Dakota Prescott? This is a guy who, after playing the bus, because, you know, there's a juggernaut of a team, had seven, no, yes, seven... Interceptions in the last six games he played, or is it mm-hmm. six five? Oh, I have it right. Thank you, Travis. Suddenly he's going to face a defensive front like he's not seen the rest of the year, and that number's going to go up. Mm, but Kyle, their powers in the running game. What on earth are the Cowboys going to do on the ground against the Niners' running attack on defense? I see nothing there that works. Now, if you're not nerdy for Purdy, I get it. But this guy has more weapons than Iran can hide in any desert. I don't understand the confidence in the Cowboys this week. Call me a homer if you like. Tell me what I'm missing if you will. But I have the Niners. And by the way, take them to bet this game. Don't bet the over. I'm not going there. Hmm. (laughs) I think this is a low-scoring game. But I have the Niners by at least a touchdown here. I don't know. If I'm the problem, so be it. I have been wrong before. Hell, I picked the Giants to win four games in August. What do I know? And, and this is the part where Danielle laughs at my fat face.
2: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are – that's that I means you do have a dog in the fight, obviously. Like this is your squad. This is not different than me saying the Patriots, you know, with Miranda Moss team versus the Jaguars. I'm still choosing the Jets to win. That's not different. Um, at the end of the day, you're not wrong in your analyses, but I think you are depend. You are saying that it will be a close game with Brock Purdy playing his normal perfect game. I'm of the opinion that it's not just that Dak is going to be shaken. It's going to be that Brock's going to be shaken. Who's going to turn the ball over more? Uh,
0: okay. And that's fair. Right. But listen, and we've had the conversation with Peterson about teams getting pencil whipped coaching wise. You're going to try to tell me Kyle Shanahan can't pencil whip Mike McCarthy? That's where I'm at, that Bob. That's fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Let's go to a game that's much harder to pick than this one. <laughs> and that, that comes in the form of the Buffalo Bills push the button here sorry of the buffalo bills uh hosting the
3: cincinnati Bengals, danielle let's start with you who you got i got buffalo in this one i think uh i think they're gonna come out swing i think the Bengals are gonna put up a fight because i think that their niceness toward the buffalo bills given the situation that has transpired over the past two weeks is gone i think they're looking at it like dude we got the fuzzy end of the lollipop in this whole playoff thing We're done playing nice. They're gonna try to come out swinging. And I think the Buffalo Bills are going to take out Joey Burrow. And I think he's going to get sacked more than he ever was before. And I think the Bills are gonna come out trying to show that they've got something to prove because Miami's game was way too close.
0: The only reason, the only thing I have to push back on, Danielle, is he did get sacked nine times last year against the Titans. You think they're going to get him ten times this game? I don't know about that.
3: I think in the playoffs that he has not been sacked as much. Even the Ravens didn't hit him as much. So I think that's what he's going to get a wake-up call with. Because I think he's going to try to force it uh, with Jamar Chase, and it's not going to happen. He's going to hold on too much, looking for an opening. They're going to cover him well, and then he's going to wind up getting sacked.
0: And here I am thinking I had something funny. You were far more factual than I was trying to account for, and I respect it, Danielle. Thank you for that. Set me right. Travis,
2: who you got? Funny, I have the exact opposite. Well, I mean, you only got two options, but I got Cincinnati. Uh, (laughs) You have – again, I'm looking at it from the defense. You have uh, a Buffalo team whose defense – has been doing the opposite of everything that they were doing earlier in the season. I know they dealt with a few injuries and things of that nature. So that could attribute to that. Um, And you have Cincinnati who started the year off more rocky as far as defense was concerned, but over the last what seven weeks, six weeks, they've been, Basically, the the defense for both teams just they just flipped, and I'm not 100 percent sure what happened with Cincinnati's uh, defense because I wasn't following them early in the year that that, that closely. Um, all I know is you know those last six or seven weeks of the season they have been playing lights out, and Buffalo has not. So if you have a you know one two turnovers again another turnover filled Josh Allen game, that's 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 going to be trouble. Um, I, it, I mean, you have to assume it's going to be a high-scoring game just because of what these two offenses have to offer. But at the end of the day, I do see I see Cincinnati, and I don't think it's going to be close.
0: See? Oh, not close either. Damn, Travis. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> like that. What toughest game to pick. You're wrong, Cal. No, see, listen here. For me, you both had excellent analysis. Mine is just something completely stupid that I've cornered myself with. I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl in – uh august or september mm-hmm. i whispered in gabe davis's ear in the first ucf game this year where they hosted south carolina state hey bruh I picked you guys to win a ring how the hell do i pick against them now i
2: have to pick you can
0: i cornered myself and it's my own you gotta rule. ride it but that being said i don't think it's gonna be a beat down in either direction and if i'm wrong i'm sure Travis will. You know, hmm. his best Lucifer Morningstar, I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't.
2: Oh no, don't don't worry. I'll still be happy if the Buffalo go I'll win a $1000 if the Buffalo Bills went go to the Super Bowl. I'm oh. happy I'm happy either way. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. You
3: white man.
0: <laughs> oh, see see there is somewhere deep in there 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 is the pessimistic traffic homes that I've come to know and love. Anyways, with that in mind, the Jaguars head to <laughs> Arrowhead wow. to battle the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis, who you got?
2: You may as well just ring the Homer alarm, bro. I'm going, I'm going Jaguars.
0: I think what how does that go? Da, 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 da. Yeah, the Simpsons <laughs> thing. Because the main character is Homer. Hello, mm-hmm. catch up. People.
2: Yes, yes. I, I am I am going Jaguars. Um, I mean, I, I rewatched that that November game from Kansas City versus the Jaguars. Um and even though Kansas City did win that game by, I believe it was 17, that game was a. That game should have been 27 to 27 with three minutes, uh, well, three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Jaguars had a touchdown that was called back for an illegal man downfield. Um, Juwan, I believe that was Cam Robinson. Uh, and they missed a- two. And, yeah. And, and they missed two field goals. And um, at the end of the day, it was a much closer game than the score eventually stated with, you know, a late touchdown and such. But. And that's before the Jaguars were playing on all, you know, firing on all cylinders on defense, firing on all cylinders and special teams. I think that can absolutely we're we're gonna have a dog fight, and I don't think it's gonna be the blowout everybody's kind of predicting. Like I think what Kansas City's favored by nine and a half right now.
0: That is ridiculous. Wow.
2: Right. Um, I don't know that it's going to be that. Um, and I personally, my pick is yeah. I think the Jaguars can win it. the I I do believe in Doug Peterson's crazy coaching and something they have a puncher's hands
0: so so for you degenerates out there travis is saying take the points danielle who you got
3: look i would love to see the jags do it because of my loyalty to evan ingram
2: <laughs>
3: I, I really would
2: wait you have um, loyalty to evan <laughs> I, I like wow. Evan
3: ingram. I it's always rare among him. giants fans you're
0: right travis but
3: continue i, I, I always liked evan ingram I just I thought he was not in the right system. We did he got stuck with bad coaches. If he was still there with Brian Dable, I think he would be lighting it up with us. Mm. I just don't think he he came in at the wrong time. So gotcha.
0: I
2: have no
3: issues with Evan Ingram. I think he's talented I think people he's People on great the show, there. Travis, they
0: know their stuff. It's
3: not just about
2: you. I'm just shocked to hear it. It it, <laughs> like, it warms my heart.
3: <laughs> so no problem with Evan Ingram. Uh, you know Eli Apple. No, he could go kick rocks, but Evan Ingram, I like. <laughs> So, you know, that being said, I can't go against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I just, Mahomes, I, I think he's got tricks up his sleeve. And I think he's he's firing on all cylinders. The only thing with Mahomes is that sometimes he gets a little cocky. And I think some of those little trick throws and all that crap gets him in trouble. You know, he, he likes that little, oh, I'm going to go that little side pass. Look at me. I can do this. You know, and that can kind of it gets a little annoying. Um, just because I can't do it, <laughs> but other than that, I, I can't go against him. I think Andy Reid just comes up with schemes that you just haven't seen, and I still think he's got something in him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take AC.
0: Um, I'm with Travis. Uh, take take the bet, but uh, no, the the Chiefs win this football game. And, and listen, I've always been an Andy Reid guy, even going back to when he had Donovan McNabb, uh, mm-hmm. and took that team to a simple, Super Bowl with what? with T.O., with, uh, eventually, who came back from an uh, injury, and then t- a guy they called Todd Stinkston, which was always mean to mine, and Fred X. Who remembers Freddie Mitchell? Yeah. It's, oh, you might, Danielle. He was your rival. No, mm-hmm. I do, too. So. And you do because you're a talent, Travis. That's not the point. But, <laughs> you know, the, the punchline's this. Not many people actually do. I mean, hell, Travis, for all I know, you might have a Fred X hat at home. But the punchline's this. Uh, 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 Andy Reid has been a fantastic coach and the one way i'm going to correct danielle and the only way i'm going to correct danielle is the way she refers to the quarterback his name is patrick Levon mahomes the second he gets full name treatment on this show and not just because he converted a third and 21 that altered the
1: course of
2: history
0: it's because he's actually a pretty damn talented quarterback as well. Yes, I'm still bitter about that Super Bowl. Deal with it. The punchline is this. For everything that's being said, what is the one part of the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that's weak? Don't worry, I already know that Travis knows. It's the defensive secondary. And you're putting me in a position where it's them versus Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. Folks, who the hell else am I supposed to pick? Of course I have the Chiefs. That being said, they moved on to the championship game. That would be fun. Uh, I know you boy <laughs> Batman, Mark Mancini. We enjoyed on Moving the Change podcast. Bing. By the way, he says hi Thank to you. you. Guys. Anyways, with <laughs> <laughs> let's head to the uh, final of the four games. The Giants heading over to the link to battle the Eagles. Danielle,
3: who you got? Let me think that's a hard <laughs> one. Um, I'm take I'm taking my G man. I bleed blue. I don't care what I, I know. I know all the stats. I know Jalen Hurts. He's the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. Yep, I know. I know. Oh, my God, Philly. But I think my men have a chance here, okay? Because my my second stringers just played them three weeks ago. And we and – we, 16 to 22. I mean, we kept that game close. We kept the wide receivers under 100 yards. No one had done that all season and that was my second stringers my my little men did that so once my big boys get in there and they see a mobile quarterback a daniel jones scheme they have not yet seen and my my saquon gets moving i got the team here and jalen hurts is still hurt i know that shoulder's still bugging him you don't come back from that injury in two weeks and you're like yeah it's fine go look i'm gonna throw yeah no i don't think so so my giants are doing it man now We'll talk about the 49ers at a later date and time, but <laughs> we're fine. We're we're good this weekend. Danny Dimes dropping dimes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And I got a Dory Jackson back, which they have not seen, and Xavier McKinney. So that's when Sexy Dexy's going to bring it.
0: I, I mean, look, 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 so here here comes here comes Danielle. She's making it hail with dimes, apparently.
2: I, I guess I don't know. I
0: don't uh, know. Travis, who Keep you know? got?
2: I mean, she everything that everything no. that she stated was factual, uh, but what she didn't state spoke volumes. Um, I mean, she she did not talk about the fact that they ran. Well, Miles Sanders ran for like 150 yards that game with multiple touchdowns. I know I had him on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> For a team that specializes with, you know, a top five offensive line, I mean, they, they want to build their entire game off running the ball and then, you know, play action from that. The Giants are going to have to show me that they can stop that. Um, I mean, the last time we saw them, they were bleeding rushing yards, you know, over 200 rushing yards giving up that game. So that's literally where my head immediately goes. I'm not worried as much about whether or not Hurts is injured, whether or not he's healthy, whether or not the receivers receive for 100 yards. (laughs) Wait a minute. minute, minute, minute.
0: You're not worried about whether or not Jalen Hurts?
2: Correct, sir. Thank you. (laughs) i am just focused on i mean the receivers didn't get 100 yards but then if they ran for 200 yards it doesn't matter uh so mean, that's really where my head's at at the end of the day i do believe in dable as a coach but i think this may be where the you know the 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 train you know comes to the station at that that i think is i think i think we're there um it's not to say they can't do it it's that i don't believe they may do it uh you know sunday so oh saturday i'm sorry um so I'm going with the Eagles unfortunately. But I would like to see the Giants because I I just I'm I'm, a, I'm rooting for the underdog of course.
0: Oh hey listen, I'd like to see the Giants win too because that'll be a pretty darn easy uh uh NFC Championship game relatively for the Niners. <coughs> Anyways, no, wow. with this in mind, I said it. I said it. Uh, at the end of the day, though, yeah, I, 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 I don't bet this game, degenerates. Don't touch it because God only knows what's actually going to happen. Although, if you're to believe the experts here on this panel, take the under. Lots of running, not a whole lot of talk about passing. Maybe you guys pick that part up here in, in the pod. I don't know what the number set at, but look at it. If it's, I think I'm going to say I wouldn't say I wouldn't say under if it's like 45. Let's not get stupid. But at any rate, I'm no expert. Entertainment purposes only. The punchline's this. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles to win, but chances are, to Travis and Daniel's point, both uni- uh, uniquely in their own way, pretty sure the Giants are going to get overlooked by some and many. This looks like they're already they're they're getting looked at like they're getting buy on house money, and they are. But uh, with that in mind, I think that might be enough if you suddenly have mistakes if Jalen Hurts is impacted, and the fact that the Eagles are going into it not hot and playing their worst football matters hmm. i'm picking the eagles simply because i'm not easily swayed but i know there are people out there who who are picking the giants and and i'm not mad at them i wouldn't be mad at you anyway Daniel. i know better but um yeah with that in mind no travis go please
2: I, I i wanted to raise my hand like this was like this was uh you know class time yeah uh, cool i man. mean let's I do another of the game I, I got
0: you I feel you i got this
2: you gave you've given us some some crazy some crazy difficult questions. I want to give you one. Bring it. Which of these Is two teams quiz, Yeah, yeah, which of these two teams that are more similar, these Jaguars or the Giants have the better chance of going through to the next round?
0: Oh, it's easily the Giants that have the better chance because they're not facing Patrick Levon Mahomes the second.
2: Okay. Ooh.
0: I thought you said this was a tough question.
2: I feel like that was a tough question. I feel like the Eagles are the better team than than the Chiefs. You do. I do. I feel
0: like they're more com Pleat? I see
2: at every position I can name an all pro or pro bowler on the Eagles. I can't say that for the, for the chiefs. It's just, it's Pat Mahomes show.
0: Oh, and Pat- this. the Eagles have right. a better defense. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, sure. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about the entire roster, absolutely but I've seen entire rosters that were good under Mike Zimmer and Kirk Coupons needed breaks to get into the playoffs and win a game. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He didn't win the games. It was Case Pleading Keenum. See what uh, I'm doing with this? I- <laughs> fair,
2: fair. I, nah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm just saying the Eagles, that team is just insane. O-line, top O-line, no, top D-line, like I, just just all of it.
0: Oh, hey, trust me, I respect it. I've had both Brandon Pemberton and, uh, and among others, Matt Muehlheisen and even Tom Kernan all come on and school me to the exact degree they are impressed by the fact that this team went from being the scourge of Philadelphia and fire Sirianni and Jalen Hurts as a bump and all of it, everything short of throwing snowballs and
3: batteries like they did to Santa Claus,
0: okay? They've done it to us, too. Well,
3: yeah, that's obvious, Dan. <laughs> well, you know, eight-year-olds give Eli the finger. But the, nice. the, the difference is is that if you take out Patrick Levon Mahomes, the second, well done. What does Casey have versus if you take out Jalen Hurts, you have Garden uh, Gardner Minshew and they might have a chance. I think that's where the balance of the two teams come. Like where do you know if you take out the quarterback on both teams, which team has a chance to win?
0: Hmm. I do know that the Chiefs have the NFL's best tight end, arguably. I know they have a good offensive line, as the Eagles do as well. Lane Lane Johnson's healthy again. That matters. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, And they also have probably an underappreciated receiver core because, hey, before it was all Tyreek Hill all the time. But now they're doing some things. Listen, I'm not here to tell you that Juju Smith-Schuster is a godsend or anything like that, but they get the job done. And and I would have been... I don't wish for anybody to get hurt, but in the past, the chiefs have gone by and have lost MVP votes for me specifically, of course, to Patrick LeVon, Mahomes II the second, because they were able to live on just as well. They aren't that offensive right. anymore. I understand that part. Um, but so overall,
2: what I'm hearing is this is the level that you respect Patrick Mahomes, that you feel that he is better than the entirety of this team, no matter how good the overall team is. He is just that good.
0: I mean, he's he's worth at least two touchdowns more, right? Okay. I mean, you know. Now, again, if this was strictly talking about the defense, this is a very different conversation, right? Okay. I'm just saying it. Uh, you know, and, and again, as far as better chances go, I think the Chiefs have a better matchup. We talked about where the Jaguars are less good. And what those those linebackers are going to struggle with Kelsey, brother. You know, I'm right on that.
2: Oh, no, no. I mean, if they do what they did the first time, I mean, if you give him a game where he scores a touchdown, you know, 80 yards receiving, that's a good game. That's I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. That's, a, that's what you have to expect. But, but we're both thinking he gets two. But at the same time, let's not let's not forget the Jaguars when they played the Chiefs the last time were on their third corner and second corner. Sure, and you know and that that matters.
0: How many ter- How many times did the Chiefs turn the ball over in that game?
2: Also, a fair point. Uh, well, <laughs> I
0: mean, they didn't overcome negative five, but the Chiefs weren't exactly playing peak football, and they and still they gave up seventeen,
2: and they gave up a onside kick to the Jaguars. Uh, but it didn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you that the Chiefs weren't playing good, the Jaguars weren't playing good, and nevertheless, the Jack the Chiefs still scored, you know, beat us by 17, and we left at least 17 points on the field. Also, but in so,
0: fairness, this Jags team is far better now than they are then.
2: Way better, and and in the secondary to your original point. Secondary is way different. There is no Shaq Griffin, and there is no third cornerback out there. We have Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell. This will be a legitimate showing of what they should have looked like back in November, and that's where I'm like, you think that Pat's going to show out? I question that one. I am I push back on that just slightly, and I'm, gonna, I'm, well, I'm not interested here to say, in seeing it.
0: Well, yeah, let, let, let's pump the brakes there. I'm not here to tell you he gets 3.30 and 5 touchdowns. I'm not going for that. I am telling you, though, his ability to recover and create points from thir- thin air and, you know. That's fair. 30, 21 in a Super Bowl is the kind of stuff that will make them overcome. Understood. I mean, that's yeah. what Cleveland Hurts doing that. That's my
2: question. <laughs> yeah, system quarterback.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: hmm. no. I didn't say it. I'm just a. Hey, I'm repeating what the national media says. Sometimes I'm not that that when when the Gardner Minshew came, out, you know that mess. I'm not pushing that. This
3: one. is why my Giants have a shot.
2: Because the shot. national media sucks. I'm
3: just saying my Giants have a shot. That's
2: it. Your That's Giants absolutely you were have talking a shot. about
3: secondary and once again, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney was not have not yet faced the Eagles, and the Eagles haven't faced them.
0: Right. They're Neither, we're all going to be in. No one first. on this panel said they didn't have a shot. Let me be clear. Yes. And if if, if Jalen, they have,
3: hurts, a cha- they have a better hurts, chance to stop the run that way because secondary right. will be in.
0: If oh. Jalen hurts bad enough and he commits a turnover, that could be the difference. Somebody had to caught that. I slid that in there too, by the way. Right? I see that.
2: <laughs> no, if, no, I'm, I'm a again, I'm a fan of a good of a well coached team, and it took me to the end of the season to call the Giants a well coached team because you know. Too many people. I'm. I'm. I'm being honest. I just. I beat the Giants, just like I beat the Jaguars. I questioned whether or not the coaches were as good as everybody kept telling me they were.
0: I mean, pessimistic. Travis is in the building on. That I told
2: one. you. You know who I am. You. I, I own who I am. I mean, this You're is true. what it is.
0: But you picked the Jags to win this game, so I just don't know. I need a
2: full season of. I need a full season of data to come to truly trusting what I think I see.
3: Uh, I've been a Giants fan for so long. Trust me. I need to trust what I see, too. I, I I made it through the Dave Brown era. Believe me. I, I need to trust what I see, too. Because at any point during that Vikings game, I was like, oh, this could go bad real quick soon. This, yeah. this could be, yeah. You know, like, at a minute, I was like, oh, oh, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. The roughing the passer call in that game, I was like, and it's done. Oh, right. I'm like, this, is, this was Goodell saying, I don't want the Giants to win. And he just called down to the refs and was like, do something here, dude. Like, we can't let them win. That's what I figured was happening. I knew Goodell oh, was somewhere man. up in the box going, uh-uh. No, this isn't happening.
0: It's very interesting hearing that from a Giants fan who's twice beaten Brady in the Super Bowl. But listen, Danielle, remember, Joe Judge can't hurt you anymore, okay?
3: <laughs> or Pat Schumer.
0: Or Ben McAdoo.
3: Oh, don't even bring up McAdoo and Geno Smith and they stop oh. my E-life. No. And, plastic,
2: you and plastic old bears can't hurt himself.
0: He can. Oh, Jesus!
3: Thank God, so <laughs> can't hurt himself anymore.
0: Plexico. Anyways, well, on that fantastic note, I think we're going to wrap the show because <laughs> it's not going to get much better than that. And if it does, we might. Nobody's break. Nobody's holding a gun to your head or your leg. I said, oh boy, here we go. Um, with that in mind, special correspondent to the Student of the Game podcast and A Seven B in Sports, Travis Holmes, tell the world where you can be found.
2: So you can find me on Facebook, uh, Travis D. Holmes. You can find me on Twitter, Trav Likes Bacon, because, again, I am that one vegan who is weirdly uh, very, 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 you know, uh, I, I want to say attractive, but that's the wrong word choice. But, yes, yeah, I'm very attached to bacon. It's a judge weird thing. So. Uh, so don't judge me. Um, but, yes, definitely hit me up. Let's talk football. I talked about everything other than uh, being a homer. I'm, I, I, I don't like that. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy, here we go. And, yes, of sir. course, representing the Giants and far more in her intelligent football mind and among others. Oh, no. Please come back, Danielle. We want the world to be able to find
2: you. Oh, she didn't like what I said about homers. Oh. Yeah. No, it
0: might have been the bacon. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so. Oh, no, Danielle, come back. The, tell the world who you are. And where you could be found, please. I am Danielle
2: and I am a Giants fan and right. I love
0: so football. what, 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 what do we do for that to figure out I'll say this she's also an author and cosplayer of incredible talent her running oh. is um, her fairies and her books bleed blue no it's not some crazy science thing it's because in fact she is a Giants fan so okay <laughs> there's a little trick that I can give you off the top of my head there too so please uh, check out Danielle um, her support of our show and what I do as well is fantastic, like no other. Oh, cool! She's coming back. I hope. Please, be Danielle. Come in. Oh, the, the, I like the crowd. A crowd noise there, Travis. Um, yes, yes. Well, Or so, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens with the stream. I see her trying to come back in there. There she goes. Sorry, oh. internet. It is what it is. I've been there, but you're here just in time. I told yeah. the world about your fairies bleeding blue. Cause you're a giants fan. So please tell the world where you can be found. Miss Danielle.
3: You can find me on birth of the or on Instagram at birth of the fay F a E underscore novel. And then my cosplay Instagram handle is Danielle Amazon Marie Orsino O R S I N O. And you can hit me up. Like I said, on Instagram, or uh, on uh, my website at birth and check out my books or just come trash talk me about the giants because Lord knows everybody likes to do that.
0: You could always try. That's what I say. I'm going full Matt Mercer on you. You'll get that reference. Anyways, no, <laughs> with that in mind, I'll say this too. If you follow her on Instagram and you do something cool, she will like your posts. Trust me. She is supporting me on Instagram. Something crazy. I love every single minute of it. So uh thanks for coming on, Daniel. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game. Check out my writings with the black and gold Banneret covering UCF sports, basketball, and football specifically. And also the three-point conversion where I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, the NFL, and also some XFL content pointing up there, too. I just spoke with... Uh, Head coach Terrell Buckley and offensive coordinator um, Robert Ford in the past couple days, there too. So, check out uh, the Robert Ford interview there uh, on the uh, three point conversion YouTube channel. Also, my work you can see connected with A7BN Sports and my friend Captain Chris Hill and the Captain Company Morning Show on oldschool101.com in honor of joy and privilege thank you to madman mark mancini thank you to lamont brought us. la brought us, my favorite well one of my favorite browns fans in the building you saw him back in the preseason you might remember trying to figure out what the hell was going on with that whole situation there too He stumped in the comp uh, he jumped in the comp uh comments there as well so thank you for that and of course thank you to travis holmes and danielle orsino but until next oh yeah moving the chains podcast right give it that love
3: Movie to the Chains podcast is on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific with Mark Mancini on Blog Talk Radio. Check it out. We're always kind of bantering and going back and forth talking football.
0: There you go. See, and then and, and thus closes the circle. You jump from that to this. You were all warmed up, ready for the show. I feel privileged on that front. There you go. <laughs> but, anyways, with all that awesome in mind, enjoy playoff football this weekend. And until next time, everyone, class dismissed.